I'm glad to be with you this morning kicking off our Voices series. Um, I think it's going to be a really good one. I'm not, I, I know a few of the people that are going to be speaking over the next few weeks and yeah, you're in for a treat. So hopefully I'll just ease you in or maybe I'll just like throw you in the deep end with me today. We'll see. It depends how receptive you're feeling. Are you ready for a bit of a challenge? Yeah, okay. I'll be nice. You know, I, I, sometimes when I get asked to speak or to share, I love having a topic because it makes it really easy. So someone will say, oh, I want you to speak on this. And then you think, okay, God, help me with this. But when you get told you can speak on whatever you want, it takes a bit more effort. And that's because you kind of need God to help you out, right? And show you what to speak about. So for a few weeks, I've been thinking, what can I speak about? I'm really creating some things like, oh, maybe I'll speak about this, God. Maybe I'll speak about this. And then, um, like Ben said, we've just been in Czech Republic, and a couple of days before we went, I was having a conversation with Ben, um, and I was just sharing some of my thoughts. And he was like, maybe that's what you should speak about. And I was like, no, probably not. You know, I'll speak to Siobhan, who's part of the lead team, and then she can speak about that next time she's on. Um, and then the next morning, I'm doing Bible in a Year with a few of our friends, um, and so I listened to it on the car, in the car when I dropped the kids off, put it on, and I listened to it on my journey to work. And the stories were exactly what we'd been talking about the day before. So I was like, mm, maybe I should speak on it. So I'm speaking on it. And so today, <laughs> we're looking at legacy, right? Don't freak out. It's a big thing, and it's a scary thing, okay? Our legacy is about, like, the long-lasting impact we're going to leave. Some of you, that's, like, right up your street because you love that kind of thing. And some of you are just like, the last thing I'm thinking about is tomorrow I can barely get through my day. So, like, there's these two different camps. You're either, like, a short-term thinker or a long-term thinker? Who's more of like the short-term vibe, like just get me just get me through today and tomorrow I'll deal with it? Does anyone want to admit? Okay, great, some, some people have admit it. And who's more of a long-term thinker? Right, okay, so that's okay then. This might be helpful for you today. I'm a long-term worrier. Um, <laughs> you can class it as thinking, but actually what I'm doing is worrying long-term. So. I I've did it when I was younger and I didn't have children. What am I going to do? Who am I going to be? What if the jobs that I get suck? Um, what if I suck too much to get the jobs that I want? And then, now I've got children, my worry is, what damage, this is a resounding thought in my head constantly, what damage am I doing to my children right now that's going to ruin their lives forever? Okay, so it's long-term thinking, but actually it's, it's long-term worrying, isn't it? Anyway, so we're going to be looking at legacy. So I hope that feels okay for you. And hopefully by the end of it today, you'll feel a bit more okay about thinking long-term, right? And maybe how that looks. But when I was thinking about um, legacy, uh, my nan on my mum's side, when she was younger, every Christmas, now I don't know if this happened before my nan, because I haven't, I haven't asked my mum, and I don't think she's here. Um, my nan used to sit down with my mum and they used to make, we just call it marzipans, but basically you get a block of marzipan and then you get loads of accessories. So you get like cherries, raisins, dates, nuts, stuff like that. And then you just create these little shapes and things out of marzipan. 
So my nan did that with my mum, and my mum did that with us. And now me and my sister, who have children, we do that with our children. Now, the things you create are fantastic. You can make a baby Jesus because it's Christmas. So you make, like, the baby Jesus out of the marzipan, and you put, like, a cherry head. We also have, you also make lots of rude things. But when pe- we know what they are in the box, but other people don't. So then when they eat it, you laugh about the fact that they're eating what you've made. And then one that we do every year is called Nut Surprise. And basically, I'm allergic to some nuts, so this is not ideal if you're allergic to nuts. But basically, you get whatever nut there is, and you wrap the marzipan round it. So when someone picks it out of the box and eats it, nut surprise, there's a nut inside. Right, so if you ever come to my house or anybody that I'm related to at Christmas time, and you're allergic to nuts, don't take a marzipan. A, because it's almond. B, there might be a different nut that you're allergic to on the inside. But anyway... So for whatever reason, my nan did that, and now we do that. And I thought that was just a cute way of showing like, how our legacy can go beyond us. I don't know why my nan did that, but we love doing it with our kids, and I feel like our kids will love doing it if they have children one day as well. So that's looking at like family legacy. But one thing I wanted to pull your attention to is not that I'm wearing, I mean, this isn't my usual get up for a Sunday. I don't know if anybody has seen me before, but I'm usually a lot more casual. After this today, I'm going watching Barbie with my daughter. She's got all pink on. This is as Barbie as I could go. I don't really have anything pink, so this is my Barbie get up. But actually, the creator of Barbie um, was a lady called Ruth Handler. And her daughter used to play with, um, like, cut-out paper dolls, yeah? The ones that you cut out. And she realized that her daughter wasn't playing with them in the way of like a baby, like there was lots of dollies, but actually like she was being a version of her or a version of a mummy. And she was like, okay, I want to create something for her daughter, Barbara, that she'll be able to play with. So Ruth went on to create Barbie. Now, when Ruth did this, in mind, she had Barbara, her daughter, she wanted to try and help her out and like help her to use her imagination in the way she was already starting to, to encourage that creativity. But actually now, Barbie is a, a part of a lot of people's lives. And, and growing up, we've experienced like having Barbies. We had a big box full. Um, I feel like people had passed them to us. We had like a dream house. We loved playing with them. And actually, Ruth's legacy of something she decided to do has passed on far beyond her own daughter, Barbara, but actually to millions and millions of people across the world. So I'm going to look at how our legacy can impact um, not just our offspring, because we don't all have offspring. So I wanted to look with you at David and Solomon, the two great people in the Bible. David is Solomon's dad. So we are looking at a family relationship, but I want you to think about it, not just about family, right? About how are we leaving legacy to those around us, whether it is family, whether it's children, whether it's friends, whether it's in the business world. Think about it in your context. So, (coughs) excuse me. So David is, God has said to David, listen, Solomon's going to do all these things that I told you you're going to do. David done fantastic things in his life made some mistakes too, um, but overall he's seen as like a good king. And God said, okay, now I want you to pass this information on to Solomon because he's going to do some good things now. So we're going to look at 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9 to 10. And this is where 
um, David is speaking to his son Solomon. And this is what it says. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God your father, uh, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of our thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Okay, we'll come back to the last little bit in a minute. But basically, David is saying to Solomon, okay, spiritually, this is what you need to know. If you serve God, and if you have a loyal heart, and if you have a willing mind, and you know, God will understand you, and he understands the intent of your heart, and if you seek him, he'll be found by you. It's really important that we, the legacy that we leave is of spiritual support. What do you carry right now that you're withholding or that you don't know the best way to give it that actually has been putting you to give out to those around you? And then in 1 Chronicles 28, 11, it says, um, then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the vestibule, its houses, its treasuries, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat, and the plans for all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord. <clears throat> for all the chambers around, for all the, let me just read it off here, I'm trying to read it from the sky. Of all the chambers all around, of the treasuries of the house of God and of the treasuries of the dedicated things, it goes on. This is David practically supporting Solomon. He's saying, these are all the things you need. I've got this and this and this. These are the things that I've built up. These are the things that I've pulled together. And now these are the things you're going to need to do what you've got to do. And actually, these plans were given to him by the Spirit. And then... It goes on. Now, I've not got this verse <laughs> for you, but it's, two, it's in 2 Chronicles 3. And then in 2 Chronicles 3, Solomon builds using the plans that David had been given by God. The things that follow after you, the people, the legacy, the businesses you build, whatever your context, what are you leaving them to build on? A great example of a David and Solomon vibe is um, Ben, who's the leader of Way, and um, our founding leader, who's Dave Belfield. You know, God spoke to Dave about lots of things that he was going to see in Wigan. He gave him dreams. He gave him, he inspired him. And actually, we managed to achieve so many things whilst Dave was leading um, here, when it was today's community church, and we built this amazing building. The people of Wigan started to change. The culture of Wigan started to shift. Such amazing things. But I know that there were some things that God had spoken specifically to Dave about that actually did not happen whilst Dave was leading. And this is because sometimes God gives us things that we need to build the foundations for now so that those that come after us, like Ben, for example, can build upon those foundations and really see the fruits of that. Now, that doesn't mean that David, Dave, King David, or not King David, Dave Belf, he's my dad, sorry, that's why I call him, no disrespect, um, 
<laughs> that Dave was disappointed with what he'd seen or that he hadn't fulfilled all that God had called him to because maybe King David was thinking, you gave me all these plans and I've not managed to do them. And maybe Dave would, would reflect and think, I wish that we'd seen that. But the truth is the things that we do now are building the foundations for what are going to be built on in the future. Oh, thanks. It wasn't me. This is why it's good. If I'd done the subject I was going to do, let me tell you, you'd all be half asleep by now. So this is a good example of why you should listen to God. Okay. <laughs> so my question to you is, what dreams will God give you in this lifetime that those after you will fulfill? Just like David and Solomon. And so you might be sitting here and thinking, yeah, I've got these really big plans and they're already in motion. I'm so proud of the things I've done. So proud of the things I've put out. Or maybe you're younger and you're thinking, okay, I want to do something amazing in the world. And I actually like think, go ahead, go and do it. This is really important. But the truth is that achieving these things is the opposite of sexy. I don't know what the opposite of sexy is. Like, yeah, the opposite of it. It's never the super fun things in front of everybody. It's never the snipping of the ribbon at your grand opening of your business. It's never your child's graduation when they struggled all through school. It's never your 10 years of being sober celebration. Actually, it's the everyday, ordinary things, the boring, the mundane, the things that sometimes we resent those are the things that when we do them over and over again and we do them consistently, that's the thing that builds our future. One of the things that I was thinking about to do with this is coming to church on a Sunday, right? It's not all about coming to weigh on a Sunday. We love it when you're here, it's great. But it's not all about this. But let me tell you what, once I had young kids, they're still fairly young, but they're eight and six now, so they're all right. But when they were young, oh my gosh, like sometimes on a Sunday, the last thing I wanted to do was bring them to the gathering. They were going to cry. They were just going to be annoying and run around. Um, but even if they didn't do that, I was probably going to be in the baby room with them. And so I wasn't in the gathering anyway. And so this thought for me was just like, oh, this is just too much. And it's easier for us to do this or we want to do this instead. And to be honest, Ben was probably serving. So I was probably by myself doing it. And all that to say... <coughs> Still, every week we tried to come on a Sunday. And that is partly because, actually it's wholly because, I want my children to know the community. And by knowing the community, they get to know Jesus. And for me, the foundation for my children's life, and actually the, prevent the prevention for the thought that lives in my head, what am I doing to screw my kids up? Actually, the way that I can help counter that a little bit is be like, who is there to help my kids when I'm screwing them up? Or how do they know Jesus? So then they can say, mom, I forgive you for all the things you've done. I'm making it lighthearted. And I, and I understand that for families, and maybe for you guys that are busy lifestyles, maybe you work weekends, it's really difficult to come. I'm not making this about, do you come on a Sunday or do you not? But what my challenge to you is, what are you building for your future? And how does that look? Because right now, I understand it's difficult. Right now, I understand that you don't want to do it. But our everyday, ordinary, builds the foundations for the things in the future. I want to ask you, if you're going to university, like, what are your plans? 
Because the things that you do whilst you're at university, like have fun, that is like so cool. I've never been, but I've heard it's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard it was really great, um, but I wasn't there. Um, but look, I'm still here. So, you know, it's okay. I, I, can, I can put a sentence together. Um, the, the decisions that you make heading into university are going to help or hinder the, traje the trajectory that you're going on with God. What about if you own um, a business and honestly like meeting with the staff and all that kind of thing is just such a nightmare. Doing the finances properly, it just takes up too much time. It's not the one. When we do these everyday, ordinary, non-sexy, boring things consistently, this builds a great foundation for the things that are going to come after us. So my question to you is, what habits do you have now? What habits do I have now that will have lasting impact? This could be good habits or this could be bad habits. But right now, if we reflect on what are those habits in my life and how is this going to determine the future for me, but also for those around me, for those that come after me. Now, that's a scary thought because um, we're all flawed. And actually, what I feel like is great is King David was very flawed. He made lots of mistakes. But actually, he gets called a man after God's heart. So there's grace for us, okay? But in Romans 5, 18 um, to 19, um, I just want to read you this. It says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. I mean, thank God. Because back um, when David was talking to Solomon, he was like, He'll be found by you, but if you forsake him, he's going to cast you off forever. But thank you, Jesus, that now you died for us, so we're not going to get cast off forever. And actually, like, even if we've disobeyed, we can start to obey, and then we can be made right. So there's grace for us, and there's grace for the decisions that we've already made. There's grace for us and the journey that we're already heading on. But as John Legend once said, in a song. I'm not going to sing it, and you probably won't know it anyway, because it's one of these very old albums, but it's such a tune that tomorrow starts now. We can think, yes, in the future, I'm going to do this, or I'm just going to get this bit out of my life now. I'm going to have my crazy years now, and then in 10 years, when I settle down, or I have to have a boring job, then I'll start to think about the legacy I'm leaving. Or, you know, like, I'm just, I've got to get through having young kids, and then once the kids are grown up, then I'll start thinking about tomorrow. Actually, I encourage you to start thinking about tomorrow now because it starts now. This doesn't mean we have to make big, huge decisions that are going to change the course of our life. No, but actually, small shift in our decision, a small degree shift one way towards something or another will help change the overall direction of the legacy that you're going to leave behind. And so I ask you again, what habits do I have now that are going to leave lasting impact? Um, and I hope that it challenges you a little bit or a lot. Um, and not to guilt trip you into, I'm living this terrible life. Because we all, 
We all make mistakes. We're all imperfect. We're all just really trying most of the time our best. Honestly, I do believe that's most of us in here. But the truth is that if we are not aware of the things that we do, if we're not aware of those habits, then actually we can't lean into them to try and help correct where we're maybe going wrong. And it's great that God has grace for us in that. So I want to pray for us this morning. Um, I'm going to pray for two different things. The first one is going to be, if you don't know Jesus today, maybe you've just joined us at Way for the first time, or maybe it's the first time you've heard and you think, okay, right, I'm interested in knowing what a life with Jesus might look like. I'm interested to know what it might mean to have my sins forgiven and to be accepted and to live in grace. I'm going to pray for you first, because actually, do you know what? I don't know who the first person to make that decision was in my family. I, I, again, these are the things that I probably should have researched before I came to talk to you about it, but it's okay. Whoever it was, somebody made a decision to follow Jesus in my family. Not my parents. Maybe their parents before them, but maybe even their parents before them. I don't know. That decision that they made has had lasting impact on my family, not just my nuclear family, actually like my whole family beyond. Are we perfect? No. Do we make mistakes often? Absolutely, yes. Is it easy all the time? 100% no. But actually that decision to say, okay, as for me and my family, we're going to follow Jesus, that has had a ripple effect across our whole family. So if you sit here today and you represent one part of a family, whoever you are, whatever family you're from, whatever experience your family has had, you have the ability to say yes and for Jesus to enter in and change everything around you. And this is why these little decisions have impact. And the second prayer is just that God would help us to identify the habits in our life and that... Um, we would be able to change those or to, or to become better at them if they're good habits. So if you want to stand with me, um, I'll, I'll leave in just a minute and we're going to worship with the band. But um, if you want to close your eyes, I'm going to keep looking around. Uh, but first of all, I want to say that if you are in here and you identified with the first question I asked about, do you want to come to know Jesus and, and see how that can not only affect your life, but actually the, the lives of those around you, friends, family, those that don't even exist yet, but God knows. But actually, first and foremost, he wants to know you and he cares about you. And even past the impact or the legacy that you're going to leave, God is here and he says, I see you, I see all of you, and I know you completely and yet I still say, I want to know you more. So if that's you this morning, if you just want to raise your hand, I'm going to pray for us together, um, and then I'll move on to the next one. So if that's you, just pop your hand up now. Thank you, God. God, we thank you that you see us and you love us, and that you know us, and that despite our wrongdoings and despite our flaws, God, you say... I want to know you more. You're my child. I care for you. And I want to live life with you. I want to live it by your side and support you. And I thank you, God, for the people in here this morning that say for the first time, Father, I want to know you. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I want to take those first steps. And God, we thank you 
that they have got the faith to come to know you and that you're just there to receive them, God. And Father, for the rest of us, I pray that you would reveal to us the habits in our life that are going to have long-lasting impact. Father, whether that is fantastic habits that we've created, maybe ways we've turned away from old ways to be able to pursue new things with you. Or God, whether that is habits that are going to send us into a place of danger and pain and hurt. Father, would you identify these habits to us so that we might be able to move closer to you and that our legacy would be one of love and grace from a father who even though we do wrong things, you, our obedience to you brings righteousness after us. And Father, that's our prayer. May we be obedient in the things you call us to, even when it's difficult and definitely when it's not sexy. When we're obedient, we know, God, that you bring righteousness. And Father, I pray that over people this morning at way. God, help us to identify where we're going wrong and help us to correct us. Give us grace, Father. We thank you that you love us and we thank you that you care for us and that every time we make a mistake, you're still there for us. Amen. Amen. You know, if you... Um, wanted to know Jesus for the first time today, there's people that would love to chat with you, give you something, um, and they'll just be over in that corner afterwards. You can just head over there and speak to them. And I encourage you, if you've identified some habits in your life or you start to do that, speak with somebody about it. Or if you see something that you think might become a habit, speak to a friend about it. It really helps us to be accountable. When we hide things in the dark, it's difficult for us to deal with them but when we bring light to them actually God can really work in them so we're going to worship with the band yeah um thanks so much for listening everybody